Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you see. Yeah! Ah! Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And I am Dave Sellers. And tonight, we are going to just talk about some trailers that that have come down the pike. It's been a little bit since we recorded, about a month, mostly my fault, and my busy schedule at school. Um, but and uh, more importantly, one of the things we're excited about is releasing this uh, interview we did at Farpoint with Liana Ellis, who is uh, releasing her book, Panacea Genesis. We're going to tell you a little bit of a premise of that. and We're going to have her talk about it and uh, you can check it out on YouTube. You can actually watch the interview there when we uh, when we go live with this. So so we're excited about that. A lot of amazing trailers coming on the pike, stuff that I'm excited about. I'm excited to talk about. But um what about you guys? You guys excited about these trailers coming down? I am because in about two weeks, we're going to get uh, two two shows that I've been looking forward to for a really long time. Right, right. Yes, indeed. So Twilight, the TV series, right, Miles? And <laughs> You got me, Scott. You got me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then there's people out there going, what? There's a Twilight TV series? No, there's not. Don't worry, folks. It'll be directed by J.J. Abrams, so it won't be worth your time. More lens flare, so you can't see the sparkly vampires anymore. Mm-hmm. So, but no, uh, that's great. So, what, uh, Miles? Let's. Uh, what are the? Uh, why don't you go and tell us a little bit about what's going on in your sci-fi world? And to start it off, why don't you tell us about these two shows you're looking forward to that maybe we'll talk about a little bit later? So, um, I. So it's been a while since we recorded. Uh, I I got an opportunity to watch Venom two. It dropped on Amazon. Uh, watch the Batman, which uh, dropped on uh, HBO Max. It was a little surprise because I think it's still in theaters. Uh, we're we're uh, I'm enjoying Halo and Star Trek Picard on Paramount Plus. Uh, enjoying, still enjoying Superman and Lois. It's been on a short hiatus due to COVID, but um, should be back by the time next time we record. Um, watch this uh, TV show called Forever on on the CW. Um, it, it only ran for one season, but a uh, really good show S- started. I'm going to not pronounce his name right because his first name is spelled I-O-A-N, Ion Grufford. Uh, probably best known in the, the, the Fantastic Four movies back in the early 2000s. He was um, Mr. Fantastic. Uh, finished reading The Challenge, the, the, the Star Trek the original series by uh, David Marigula. I'm currently reading a... Um, um, another time travel novel at the moment. Uh, the name eludes me, but um, um, but I've been reading a lot of time travel novels. I get my hands on for for the Kindle. Dave, let's go to you. Tell me a little bit about uh, tell me a little bit about what's going on in your sci fi world. I'm loving season two of Picard. Um, and just started uh, started watching Halo the other day. Here, I think I'm into episode four right now but I, i'm i'm really enjoying that 
so far. Um, those are the two big things. We took uh, took my daughter this past weekend down to the Franklin Institute for the Harry Potter exhibit. Oh, good down there. She she had a she had a blast. It was it was pretty neat. A lot of neat little a couple of artifacts down there. Are pretty cool. Um, but she uh, she really enjoyed it. Um, that really has been, unfortunately, the sad part of most of my sci-fi world. <laughs> yeah, too busy right now. As far as my sci-fi world, I, I'm with Dave. Like, I'm watching two shows. I'm watching Halo, which I've watched the first four episodes of. Um, so there's still the fifth one in there that I haven't watched. And then I'm watching Picard, because after all, it is Picard. And then I watched like the first 15 minutes of the Batman and then someone came in and never got back to it, but I want to watch it. So I just haven't finished watching the Batman. And then I'm also reading um, a fantasy series by Jim Butcher. Uh, I really forget of it, but it's his fantasy series, his most popular one, a recommendation from our principal, uh, Mr. Dave. Mm. So he's a huge Jim Butcher fan. And he said, you have to read it. I didn't really have much that, was kind of sitting on my docket to read. Um, actually, I had the Lord of the Rings, um, the Return of the King, read by Andy Circus that I'm planning to read down the pike, but I kind of just took a break and read this, and I'm enjoying it. So it's uh, quite an enjoyable uh, book. But cool. But hey, I thought we could talk maybe a little bit about. I know we have a bunch of trailers to talk about, and we can certainly do that. But Dave, you and I had a pretty interesting t- discussion about where Picard's going and some of the thoughts we had about how this ties into the greater mythos and maybe some questions that it kind of left for us. And I thought, since I have like you, Dave, as a resident expert, a track and Miles, who has an absolute fountain of useless information to contribute to this conversation, um, Let's uh let's talk a little bit about that. Dave, do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of the direction we were taking? We were talking this morning about this. So we were talking all about um uh, looking at at the at the Trek timeline here. And seeing as how now Picard has gone back to the year 2024, I believe. And he's got he run, they run into we meet Dr. Soong and he's working on some form of, of eugenics project basically with, with cr- being able to create another person there and it got me thinking like he's having all these troubles with it and everything like, trying to place the timeline and, and we know the eugenics wars happened in 1996 in the Trek timeline where we had Khan Noonien Singh and the rest of those supermen. And the guy, my, my question was, how does Dr. Sung play into that? Is there, will there be a connection between the two? Because it got me thinking like after the world went through all this and, and I could be incorrect, but I always thought that eugenics research like that kind of went by the band way after all of that happened. So I'm wondering how soon is able to continue, was able to continue researching and doing the things he has 
and and if there's a, a bit of a if there's any kind of connection to any of that and and how it really links up with his then predecessor um be his probably his great grandson or something in enterprise that we meet and his augments before he gets in through the, the the cybernetic side to create data but it was just an interesting an interesting uh thread that we were kind of just spitballing around a little bit and talking about but i don't know if miles you had any insight into that that you'd be willing to share with us yeah uh that's interesting i'm i'm well, wondering is like if the Europa mission fails, that changes Earth's direction. I mean, Earth. I mean, um, instead of becoming a benevolent force in the galaxy, it becomes a uh, very toxic force in this new t- in this uh, um, altered timeline. And somehow, Sung plays a part of it. I was, uh, you know, I'm they not sure what. Uh, what he does per se, I mean, so uh, something to do with the eugenics, something to do with his clones, um, the the Borg Queen in, in the form of uh, uh, of uh, Agnes, uh, kind of um, manipulated him to in that, and just said, you know, the the world will call you a savior or something like that. So I I, I don't know. Um, it, it 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 asks more questions than it answers. Yeah, I mean, it, it it is interesting. It's interesting. And we were also talking about, like, does this eventually become these super soldiers? The fact, are these actually Borg-infused super soldiers in this timeline? But. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 regardless at this point, if the Europa mission succeeds, and we don't get the Picard and seven lead Earth Nazis of the future. You still have some sort of Borg tech that's floating around in there. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting how that alone winds up affecting a, a timeline to begin with. I mean, how many Terminator movies have we watched where? a simple piece has been left behind of, of, of a Terminator. And, and that doesn't stop the inevitable, you know, the inevitable judgment day, but yeah, it, it'll be, it'll be really, really interesting. And who knows, maybe they find a way to get through this all and Q gets his powers back and just snaps his fingers and everything goes back to normal. That's entirely possible as well. But it, it's it's going to be an interesting close to the season. Well, what I you know the thing I threw up the whole show is the only people that know the timeline change was Picard, uh, Rafi, uh, Gerardi, uh, Rios, and uh, the late um, uh, Elnor. Um, I think I got everybody. Um, why them? Um, why, why? How how are they spared from? And seven, uh, the changes in the timeline. Um, and how, you know, this is really, you know, really getting geeky and nerdy here. But, uh, you know, when they go back, you know, what world are they going back to? Um, 
So I, I think he is going to have to either you know, help them get back somehow or I have a weird tangent I want to go on, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to at the moment, but um, we're, all, we're, we're all for weird tangents. And I can tell you that, but well, it's just that the, you know, Picard and company left the timeline to the past. If they fix the timeline that it, 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 it uh, you know, unfolds the way it should um, when they travel ahead in time, um, you know, they're traveling back to a universe that, uh, I, I see temp, you know, potential for temporal paradoxes is I, sh- I should say, cause they go back to their own time. Um, they, 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 they run at risk of running into themselves because, um, uh, I, I don't know if you follow, follow my thinking or not, but, um, if they, if they, if, if they restore the timeline, then they never, they never went ba- They never really went back, so to speak. Right. And Rios could have become his own great, 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 great grandfather. <laughs> yeah. There's some, you know, I've, I've heard fan theory saying he, he might even just stay, stay, stay there, you know, and just, you know, what if he, what if he brings her back? Well, you know, that could be what they did in, in, in the voyage home. They could bring, uh, you know, they brought that, uh, Dr. Jillian, that, that whale biologist, uh, to the future. That that's that's a thought also, uh, because nobody knew anything about those whales, and then she immediately goes off on a science ship someplace else and doesn't deal with the whales. Yeah, that's, <laughs> precedent has been set. <laughs> I never thought maybe she went into space. I thought you know, I thought she still helped them with the whales, but um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of loose threads, um, and maybe they'll have to find a quick way to do it. Um, they still, you know, Picard still has help from um, Talon. Um, I guess the successor of Gary Seven from from the original series. I, I, I'm glad they brought that back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was, that was some nice continuity there. Um, but uh, yeah, um, there, there's also a theory that maybe Gerardi will be the board queen under that uh, that hood. And, but, and what, are, what are the possibilities that we don't find an answer this season and that part of the impetus for shooting season three right away was, I mean, Patrick Stewart's age aside was because they got to keep this tale going uh-huh. and finish the story in season three. And that'll be fine. I don't know. I mean, they, they have a lot of loose ends to tie up and, and really do. I, I would rather them do some of that in season three. That way it's not rushed. I thought the end of season one was very rushed. So I would be, I would be totally okay with that. And, and, and for, and I know Scott and I talked about this before. It, it, it's amazing to me and it wouldn't put it past. I wouldn't put it past them to do that because whoever's on the writing team for Picard certainly is not on the writing team for discovery. I can't imagine because there's a difference in, in storytelling and just quality of story to me is so very distinctly different between the two shows on the same stinking network yeah. that I, it wouldn't yeah. put me past it, put past it to do it. Yeah. I think probably Kirsten Byers probably on maybe on both writing teams, but maybe she's more of just like a lead or, you know, kind of like a, maybe a Rick Berman 
type thing. And then the, 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 the other, I mean, like it was in the past Star Trek shows, you had different teams of writers for D Space Nine and Voyager. Speaking of that, where's uh, where's Ron Moore and Ira Bear? Put them on the Discovery crew. They ain't doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I uh, he can bring his blue goatee and his leaden glasses over there and make that show better. Yeah, Discovery needs some help. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the episode that dropped for Picard. This was episode seven or eight. Is that right? Uh, I'm that high. Pro- yeah, I don't know if that's. Uh, it's getting close to the end, though. We're not. You yeah, know, we only have a few episodes left. Either way, we're, we're, we're at least ha- we're, we're definitely uh, past the halfway point. Well, very good. Well, um, sounds good. Anything else you want to talk about regarding Picard? I, I, I'm enjoying. I think this is a better season than the last one. I think. And you say that, and I really enjoyed the first season too. You know, <laughs> but- there are two episodes left. How many? Two. Two episodes. Okay, so we're, yeah, we're, okay. We're, we're, we are really at, at the end. Yeah. Um, Just in time for uh, Strange New Worlds and Obi-Wan to drop. Yep. Right. Yeah, by next time we record, th- those episodes would have dropped so we could talk about them. You know. Well, Obi-Wan isn't until like May 27th. But Oh, I didn't think it was that. I thought it was much earlier. Okay. Well, it it really should be on May 4th because after all, Star Wars. But no. Disney execs are not thinking thinking that way. But, uh, they're too busy trying to figure out how they're going to pay their new taxes. <laughs> oh, story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly, the Sci-Fi Diner became a political show. <laughs> oh my! Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Halo. I know that we said that we accolades were really enjoying the show. I got to be honest, when I first got into the show, I gave it an episode. Kiefer really enjoyed it, my son, and we began to watch it. And um, and as we're as we were watching the show and as we were working our way through it, um, you know, Master Chief, a very stoic, very hard character. But as his character has developed over the first four episodes, which is all I've watched, uh, and I know Dave, you said that was all you'd watched, that these that that there is a there is a level and a depth to this and to even though the humans seem to be on the the side that you're fighting for that's right you realize that not everything is as it seems yeah a lot, lot of secret projects and some some pretty kind of shady stuff going seems to be going on but it, it's I, I can't remember the games for the life of me anymore. I, I remember I remember playing them like one time, like dropping out of yeah. a ship and going and we're shooting Covenant. Like so I remember a little bit of it, but I really I mean I really should have had my nephew on here because he played <laughs> the shit out of those games. <laughs> I mean, well, which is probably the better thing because I mean now I got nothing to compare it to. Right. I was gonna ask you guys, I mean if you, you- played the game a little bit i mean how well does the show line up with the with the game yeah i yeah. I, I know that i i know names like the names are, are familiar the characters the, the graphical stuff very much very much in line with what i remember from halo 3 that was the last one i played i think but st- as far as storyline goes wow. 
I, I couldn't couldn't tell you at all. But yeah, I have no experience with the game, so I have nothing to compare it to. Yeah, but it's cool seeing it, seeing it in live action on 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 the small screen, and that's that was that was pretty neat, and it's it's very enjoyable. Right, right. I think it's interesting. You have these aliens that have their own. Um, We'll call it United Federation of Planets, for lack of a better word. But that's uh, um, and, and very strong religious uh, overtones uh, with uh, the, the that race. Um, oh, yeah, I mean the, the name, the Covenant, and you know they're using religious titles with each other and stuff. So that, that that's kind of interesting. Um, and what you said, Scott. I mean, I mean the human. You know, we're supposed to. You know, the humans are supposed to be the good guys, but are they really? Um, it just like, like, like Dave said, there's some shady things going on, especially with this Dr. Halsey. I mean, right. Uh, on one hand, I like, like her, but on the other hand, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I trust you. Well, here's the thing. She killed her clone to basically birth Cortana. I mean, well, yeah, that was kind of the plan though. I, I didn't view that as being, I view it as she exposed. I don't know. I didn't view that as killing per se, especially because the clone seemed to know it was going to happen. Right, that's why it existed. I mean, yeah, I mean the ethics and the morality of it. Right, I mean that's a, that's whole, that's another thing altogether. But I think that you know this is the way that my understanding of Cortana and the mythos of Halo that this is very much a way Cortana's kind of birth in in Master Chief. But and do you remember miles when we interviewed Mackenzie Mason back in episode 153 when we interviewed the lady that played Cortana she was she the body scan for that is that correct yes she was she was uh, the, she was not the voice actor she was actually just the body the one that represented the body scan for i think Halo 4 and 5 i believe yeah she was a motion capture right performer for it so yeah, yeah. Yeah, but nice we had some connection with that. Yeah, so like, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, this is the visually, this is kind of the way I picture Cortana as being in my limited recollection of playing the Halo games. I'm sure there are some Halo diehards out there saying, that's not Cortana, but I'm like, whatever. But yeah. Yeah, well, that'll be like the rest of us with anything else. Yeah, exactly. All those, all those cantankerous. <laughs> Trek fans, that's not in the timeline. Ah. That's Give me my false teeth. Ah. That's correct. <laughs> but yes, I'm curious how how the fans will take to uh, Strange New Worlds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that yeah. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to that more than anything. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, hey, let's talk a little bit. We have some trailers coming on the pike that we're excited about. So which one of these trailers did you want to talk about first that you were excited about? Well, um, why don't we why don't we watch the trailer for Strange New Worlds? That's the one that's come that, that's the show that's coming up next. Um maybe it's just talk about our reactions to it. All right. I'm gonna play that here and uh and just we'll reconnect after on the flip side of this. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, 
Captain. Our mission. To chart the stars. Push the boundaries of what is known. And what is possible. I'm standing on the surface of a comet. I love this job. These people, this crew, I believe we can do anything. You want to seek out new life? Go where the aliens are. Your presence is blasphemy. Let's talk about this. Find some comfort. I think that went well. Perhaps we should kiss. That seems logical. Maybe we don't touch anything else. Just a suggestion. The whole future hangs in the balance. No one can know the future. One can only follow one's instincts. You're the best of Starfleet. Our ability to work together, that's our greatest strength. Let's show them what you got. All right, so let's talk about this a little bit. Um, visually looks incredible. Uh, but I have, I have one question for those of you who have probably been following a little bit more than I have. Is this going to be an episodic Star Trek show? That's what they have said. It's going to go back to more of an episodic uh, format. However, there'll still be a running story throughout the episode, but it's not going to be, you know, you know, quite as serialized where you have to watch the episode before to know what's going on in the episode you're watching now. And more of an effort to try to be more, less dark and more optimistic and, um, you know, just try to embrace the, the optimism that the original series had that the, the other Star Trek shows have seemed to have been lacking lately. No. So more like DS9 Voyager story kind of line, but with TNG's optimism. Yeah. And some of the cheeky lines in there. Yeah. Yeah. I've also noticed, um, I mean, they're kind of distancing themselves from Discovery as far as the aesthetics. I mean, they, they, they redid the uniforms again. Uh, the hand props look more like the original series. Uh, they're not the exact same ones they were using in Discovery when Discovery was still in the 23rd century. Um, I have mixed feelings about that. Um, I, they are trying to really ground it in the characters we knew in the original series. They have a young a cadet Uhura um, on the show. They have um, Nurse Chapel. They have Dr. Ambega. Um, they have a, a character. She she plays uh, an ancestor of uh, Kandunin Singh. Um, so while I'm you know I'm I I, I am stoked for this show. I, I'm a little some some of the familiarity I, I'm not too sanguine about. I think you know let, let's let's have some new characters here. Um, the chief engineer he seems interesting. The 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 Andorian Anar 
engineer. Uh, I, 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 one thing they did with this show, they, they did little vignettes for all the characters. So you got a chance to get to know the characters before the show starts. And I thought that was a really good idea. But, um, um, but besides Pike, Spock, and number one, I'm looking forward to getting to know the, the engineer uh, as the show goes on. And Dorian and Nears, aren't they blind? Yes. Okay, so we got another blind engineer. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going back to something was before. Right. Right, right. Very good. So you're excited about the show. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, Very uh, much so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it comes down. And it, it looks good. Um, we're hoping for something better than Discovery at any count. So. Yes. going to be hard to not be. Well... I imagine they could blow it, but it's my cantankerous opinion on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into uh, the next trailer that we have that's dropping. Uh, what was the next one you wanted to kind of look at? Obi-Wan. Yeah. Obi-Wan's kind of next in the pal. Let's do that. Let's do that. And I'll play the Obi-Wan and then we'll come right back. The fight is done. We lost. Stay hidden. The key. Hunting Jedi. This patience. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. The Jedi code is like an itch. He cannot help it. Is he? What do you guys think? Dave, you go first. Oh, it's Inquisitors. Inquisitors. Jedi Hunters. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, it's just taking me back to back to the animated stuff, and I'm so excited, and I cannot wait. And Ewan McGregor's back. It, 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 it's, there's nothing to not be excited about this show, I think me yeah and uh and isn't uh is it lars um yes. yeah, I saw him in there too yeah he's he's like the original guy right this is awesome mm-hmm. so yeah yeah 
it looks good and and darth vader's in it we we hear we hear rumors of that although i is he in the clips if he was i missed him i didn't but, see him but but if the inquisitors are around you know vader's gonna be not far behind no well, I, hayden christensen's supposed to be reprising yeah. darth vader that's good <laughs> hopefully the writers fix it right well we're we're excited about about this. It's been uh it's Ian McGregor who for many of us, you know, he really did challenge, you know, I, I people dogged on the prequels, but but it was not even Ian McGregor's performance that people dogged on typically. Right. Um and so very glad to see him back. But, see what he was up to all those years. Yeah, no no doubt. And, and what he had to do to protect Luke uh, during that time. Yeah. I mean, it looks like, you know, the, the Inquisitors make their way to Tatooine and, um, you know. It's- and the good thing about this is that we know that we will not just be in Tatooine uh, because there's tons of other footage in that in that trailer that indicates eh, this is not just Tatooine. So. Looks like he, he he does get around a little. And well, when I get- whether he gets around or we're just shot with uh, people that are pursuing him off. I mean, we don't know. Well, you had one other trailer here that we can uh, kind of talk about here before we wrap up the show. Uh, I actually did not hear about this. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the premise? Or should we watch the trailer and, and then talk about it after? Let's watch the trailer and then get, get, get reactions. I have something to tell you. And you're very lucky, because I've never told anyone this in my whole life. You ready to make history? You say that every time. I get it's a heck of a view. Oh, it's more than that. Maybe it's time we finally tell somebody else. Hey, Grandpa. I think you two should consider moving out of the house. That's what you're worried about? One of your neighbors saw you pushing Nana around in the middle of the night. But I think they're hiding something in that shed. There's a reason. We were the ones who found this. This is our riddle to solve. some kind of alien he could be dangerous i think i know how to find him take care of this i need to see where all this leads franklin and i want you there with me you're always looking for an answer to life's great mystery i found mine (laughs) here in this house with you everything. It's just a way to protect the secret. It's one of those, by the way. A lot more. So this is dropping here, uh, May 20th. Uh, interesting cast here. Sissy Spacek, and then plus we have the old bald guy that's been in a thousand and one sci-fi movies. Yeah. Jake, Jake Simmons, yeah. 
knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. Yeah, he does. This is this is actually a series I'm really tempted to check out, assuming that I'm not limiting myself to just two sci-fi shows. Thank God summer's coming. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, what are your it, thoughts about what we're seeing here? Well, I mean, looks like uh, Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons' characters have a s- spaceship in their basement. Uh, oh, by the way, it, it, it's called um, uh, Night Sky. Um, but also, it looks like it, it's a teleporter also. Te- you know, so, that, you know, so they're hiding this thing, obviously. How cool would that be to find that in your backyard? I'm going to go digging around in mine now. <laughs> Dude, you were just digging around the backyard. They didn't find anything. This is true. This is true. true. But but that is that is like, I mean, as a kid, you always imagine, you'd read this stuff and like, what if? And like, you could try to dig your hole to China or whatever. But but you have these imaginations. This is kind of like the grown-up thing. What if you found that? Um, and the fact that they can see alien worlds and stuff. It's actually pretty awesome. And is that guy supposed to be an alien? I didn't get that from the trailer, but you know, I suppose it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But, uh, you know, when I was looking for, look, you know, looking for stuff coming up, but that one came up and, um, it's like, that's interesting. Oh, it's on Amazon. So that's something I could watch when it comes out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it looks good. It looks well done and there's a sense of mystery and the cast has me kind of interested. And uh so we'll just have to kind of see when it comes down. So before we before we jump into like introducing this interview we did at Farpoint, before we do that, if you were to rank let's let's cut Guardians of the Galaxy out, but let's let's rank the just based on the trailers themselves. Obi-Wan, Strange New Worlds, and this uh night sky. How would you how would you rank these? What order would you rank these in? And yes, you have to pick an order. So Miles, start us out. Well, nights I, I do want to see Night Sky, so that, but I'll go put that number three. Um I am very excited for Kenobi, but it's gonna get it too. Uh, I'm most excited to see Strange New Worlds. I've been waiting for the show for a while. I was hoping it would come out, and it's it's finally coming out. When the fans were res- resonating with his perfor- performance on Discovery, it's like we got to get a Captain Pike series. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I'm excited, and it looks like it, it's extremely well done. Um, so. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's you know, things could be fun in the next couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. How about you? Oh, same order, no brainer. Yeah, I, I mean, th- th- those two franchises will always be at the top of my list. I mean, it could be complete garbage, but it it's still they'll still be at the top of my list to uh, check out. I, I'm gonna flip the top two, but otherwise, uh, number three will be Night Skies. But I think Star Wars seeing kenobi back in action like the thing is disney has not missed with their star wars tv series and so i have high hopes for it um and uh i have high hopes for strange new worlds but uh 
uh, CBS, Paramount have been a little bit more fickle in their shows. So, but. well, now did Disney own Star Wars back when we, um, when we met uh, Anson Mount back at Shore Leave that one year? I don't even remember. I think they did. I think they just got it. Yeah. By that point, I mean the the the, um, the sequels have been or, have been already coming out. So that's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot about the movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I know they were. Yeah, because as 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 shady and vague as they were when they were asked about it at the con about having a Pike show and all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, he didn't have to say they were doing it, but we knew there was something coming. There was down something the pike. down the pike, pun intended. Yeah, so it, it's yeah, exactly. So it, it's been years now of, of anticipation and waiting for that. Yeah. yeah, I think it was 2019 that they were at uh, Farpoint. Yeah, uh, Ethan Peck yeah. and uh, yeah. Anson Mount, and I. I felt bad for them in a way because, you know, people were asking them. It's like they didn't. I mean, at the time, they didn't know. I mean, I, I think they, they, they suspected, they hoped, but there wasn't no official decision made until, you know, last year. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but so they, they must have got that question a thousand times. I'm sure said. they did. I'm sure they did. Well, we do have to wrap up the show here tonight, but uh, we're going to talk just real briefly, introduce this interview. Panacea Genesis is the book. The author is Leona Ellis, who we met at a short, uh, Farpoint. Farpoint this past year. Miles, I think I did this interview solo. Am I correct in that? Um, I think you did, yes. I think so, but... Uh, but one of the many authors we interviewed, and what what excites me about this is that this the, the story, this novel, just to give a little bit of a wedding of appetite here, it's twenty one fifteen, and there's embedded chips, virtual reality, and the threat of extreme weather have led to a market for pod warehouses, businesses that offer pod like spaces that keep a person's body alive while the person lives entirely in a virtual reality. Um, but then there's this one place on earth that hasn't kind of succumbed to this and they almost become like, they said that technology has progressed up to like 2005 and that's all the further we're letting technology progress. So it's like pre iPhone. And, um, and so it's a story of these two things kind of warring against each other a little bit. It's kind of post-apocalyptic. The story is absolutely phenomenal. It's available in Kindle for $4.99 and on paperback $14.99 and is out and available on May 3rd. So this interview comes at a very apropos time. Well, I think that's about it. We do have to wrap up here and uh, we'll take us out of the show and then into the interview here. So Miles, why don't you take us out of the show here? All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. And go boldly. Stay tuned for the interview. Well, I'm Scott Hertzog, and I'm sitting here with Ella Anna Ellis, right? Did I say the name right? That's correct. Okay, good, because you never know when you're meeting someone new, and yeah. it's great to have you at Farpoint 2022. Uh, Thank you. It's good to be here. Is this your first Farpoint? This is the first time I've ever had anything to offer for sale. I've attended. Okay, um, so you're you're transitioning exactly. from uh, attendee to participant in some right. way. So that's kind of cool. Very good. But what I do want to do is I want to find out a little bit about you as an author. 
Um, we obviously have a new book coming out, kind of, kind of see a Genesis May third, right? Yeah, that's correct. And it'll be available everywhere, Amazon. Um, i yeah, it should be available from all retail major retailers. All major yeah. retailers, so good. So I want to back up though a little bit. This obviously just didn't appear. Like uh, this comes from probably many things in your life contributing to you saying, you know, I want to write this. Mm -hmm. So. At the earliest, what made you look at something and say, you know what, I want to kind of play, I want to write? What, what, um, what drew you in that direction? Well, actually, the the initial inspiration was a dream that I okay. had. Um, and in this dream, I was um, visiting a society that um, had very low levels of technology. Okay. And it was kind of a big deal. It was secluded and isolated, and it was unusual to be visiting it um, in, in my dream. And, and that that idea kind of stuck with me and that's where I came up with this idea of having this group of people that choose to isolate themselves and and they're not completely anti-technology but they choose to use one that's from an earlier time period so they decided that like when smart smartphones came around that technology was just too um, too intrusive and so they, they said, okay, we're going to do 2005 because that's right before smartphones come out. Um, and so they've isolated themselves. And then on the other hand, there's this other group of people. Um, most people who aren't in this isolated area have embedded chips. And so there's this other group of people that live completely online. And they spend all their time in virtual reality. Um, and they maybe even forget like they they have they live in like pods where they, their bodies are taken care of and they may even start to forget that they have like physical bodies or there's a physical world out there um, and it's kind of the interaction um, between the people that don't live in this isolated area and the people that do and it's kind of comes from my feeling of Technology, I really like it. I want the new technology, but yet I feel like this ambivalence about it and I kind of like, wait, it's too much at times, too. So, this was your dream? Um, this is kind of, I think this is where my dream came from. Okay. So, this is kind of expanding on this. Expanding yeah. on And this works its way into Panacea Genesis. It, it does. Um, the first novel doesn't have a lot in the virtual reality um, because it's a group of people that are planning a trip into this isolated area um, because there's something that they need to do there and and part and there is though um, like an artificially intelligent digitally created um, being um, who is being threatening and you know so they're trying to deal with that and and um, other issues you know one woman who's been living in a pod in virtual reality for many years decides to leave and so um, there's various things going on in the story. So, what I love about the premise of this is it's such a commentary of current society. And um, just the, the struggle to balance the new technology and how it can, how you can like go to Facebook and soon three hours have gone by. <laughs> exactly. Or yeah. you go to YouTube and like five hours and like, you know, you get, you get lost in, in this immersive world that we've created. And this idea of people that say, you know what, we want to separate ourselves from this. We already have high technology, but there's a limit. Mm -hmm. And um, those boundaries, I think, this is a conversation that needs to be explored. Well, I think the most interesting sci-fi is actually a commentary on the present, maybe more than an 
an accurate prediction of the future. Right. Um, and and I, I definitely I, I feel that kind of push pull in my life all the time. Like I love my 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 phone. Don't don't try right. to take it away from me. <laughs> you know. But at the same time, like I hate my phone. Right. right. <laughs> Can't I just throw it away? You know. Um, so it that's that. Uh, that was what spoke to me, I think, in in writing this, is how do you find that balance and how do you choose? And how do you tell a story about it? Now, you mentioned this is no. the first book. This is, right. Is, do you have a, like a planned arc? I, I do. So it's a trilogy. Okay. Um, and, and actually, I'm, I've written the second book. It's in editing right now. And then um, the third book, I got like two-thirds through, and it's, it's kind of like that ending, like how do you wrap it all up right, in a way right, that makes, right. they, makes you sense. You want to do it right, and like, yeah. oh, there's so much expectation Exa on yourself. <laughs> exactly. So I, I have a pretty good idea of the arc of like where I want it to go in the end, but... Um, it, it hasn't actually been written yet, so I can't promise anything. Definitely no spoilers. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. It's hard to spoil and something you haven't figured out yet. No, 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 I got that. Yeah. Very good. Um, so obviously the interplay between these two groups is central to your book, I imagine. Mm -hmm. um, is there, do the groups, and again, maybe this is spoiling and you don't have to answer it, but do the groups have an animosity toward each other, or is there like a tolerance between these two those that are immersed and those that are not well, so I um, I think this would not be a spoiler. Um, so, like for example, the group that's very isolated, the founders of this group, 80 years ago when they created it, they thought that if their kids knew about the technology of the rest of the world, that they would be drawn away from it. So in fact, they lied to the kids and told them that there's like this apocalypse and so nobody leaves this isolated area. And they have this idea that outside of that area, it's unsafe. And so they're actually very surprised when people like come into the isolated area and tell them like, no, it's perfectly safe <laughs> where we are, you know, so, and they realize that they've been you know, lie to for a So there's time. obviously a conflict in there, just in their own group from that. Exactly. It sounds a little bit, and I know the parallels are probably awful, but a little bit about, you know, when you look at like the Amish culture. Yeah. And the way they kind of said, well, this is as far as we're going, but now it's been intrusive in the way it's infiltrating oh, okay. them. So you see that. Yeah. Not that they've been lying, they've just chosen to kind of remove themselves apart. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, it's, it's kind of difficult to say, I'm only going to do X technology and right. not also do Y and Z. Right. So, right. yeah. I so, think that's uh, what it finding. sounds like a fascinating premise. So, tell us the, the name Panacea. Um, why, what made you title it Panacea Genesis? Well, <laughs> so Genesis is so, obviously beginning. It's right? the beginning, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I've been working on this for a while and I came up with the name many years ago, and honestly, I don't remember the inspiration. There was some discussion with my family members of like, well, does the name make sense? And, and I decided it did because, um, you know, a panacea is a cure-all. And I think we see technology often as a cure-all. Right. And so in that, in that way, I was like, yeah, I think it makes sense. And then um, we wanted a two-word title because books two and three also are like, it's like they're like panacea something. Whatever, yeah. Um, and and um, my coverage designer was actually like, hey, it's the first book, Panacea Genesis, you know, it sounds kind of neat. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 
<laughs> let's yeah, go yeah, for yeah, it. Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. So there's a partnership there. Um, so I, I love this discussion, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing this come out here in the future. Uh, again, May 3rd, and we said on many different sites. Do you yourself have your own site or place you would direct people um, for it, to find out about you as an author about the book? So there, there will be some information on um, Fireforged Books sites. So it's an, an, ind an independent press okay. that we created so to publish this. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and so there'll be information on the books and on me on the website. So, so is it fireforgepress.com? Fireforgebooks.com. Fireforgebooks.com. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, we're looking forward to seeing it come out. And uh, thank you so much for well, chatting with us on the Sci-Fi Diner. So May 3rd, we'll be looking for that to drop. And this interview will drop somewhere just before that. Excellent. I appreciate that. So, thank you very much.